Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. I think this one's perfect as we transition into spring, right? Yes, it is. Getting to be that time of year where you start thinking about transitioning onto your spring pasture, at least in the part of the world that I live in. It varies a little bit depending on your exact climate. Where I'm at, you know, it's, I don't have the acreage to have my horses out on pasture full time in the winter. It would just destroy my fields because we don't get cold enough to really freeze for very long. So Mm. my horses are in a dry lot, which they're perfectly happy with, except now there's a little bit of green out there. And I have this one gelding who goes down every single day to check to see if one of the gates, because there's a couple different bigger pastures that go off. He looks every single day. He's like, I know it is time. Let me out in that field, lady. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like candy them, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it is a beautiful time of year. You drive around, you start to see the fields greening up. Horses are excited. The weather's changing. It's sunnier. It's warmer. And I think we just need to exercise a little caution, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today as we transition our horses to spring pasture. I guess a good place to start is what's going on out there on those pastures as they transition from winter to spring? So part of this depends a little bit where you live in the country and what type of forages we're talking about. So in A lot of areas in the spring, you have your cool season grasses starting to emerge, go back into that growth cycle where they'd laid dormant over the winter. So roughly when you get into like those 60 degree type weather, you start to have growth of those cool season forages a little bit higher if you have some legumes. So more traditionally, there'd be clovers and pasture mixes, but there could be alfalfa as well. Both of those are legumes. It needs to get a bit warmer for those warm season grasses to actually start growing. So if you're kind of in the mid-Atlantic moving north, your warm season grasses wouldn't emerge until later towards the summer. But if you're farther south, warm season is what is starting to grow now. So part of it depends on where we're at. Yeah, I remember in Florida, it just did. Well, Florida is like always green because it's always raining and it tends to always be warm. But I, you know, remember in when I lived in the north, yeah, I mean, it was dry, bare dry. And then you'd start to see some of the sprigs of grass emerge and makes you excited. Spring's just such a great time of year. <laughs> it is. a great time of year. Yeah, yeah. You get to go ride more, you know, you don't have to worry about the weather. So, you know, and, and, and I love talking about this from your point of view, from, from a, trained nutritionist who goes around the country talking to horse owners, you know, wealth of experience. So how do you view these young emerging plants from a nutrition point of view? So when we have that lush spring pasture, particularly when we're talking about the cool season forages, there's a couple things that are different from the hay they've been eating over the winter. One is that that really fast growing grass that's immature is actually going to be really high in water content, which does a couple things. One, it dilutes some nutrients. So the horses can actually eat a whole lot of it without actually consuming that many nutrients. Um, Oftentimes you'll actually see their voluntary water intake decrease when they move from dry forage onto a lush pasture because they're getting so much more water through that forage. 
The big thing we tend to think about is the fact that particularly in spring when we have that weather up and downs, there can be a lot of sugar in our spring forages. The same actually happens in the fall as well. But that's the nutrient that we're the most concerned about when we're transitioning horses onto spring pasture, particularly when we're talking about our cool season forages. Right. And and, isn't it so I guess what is going on with photosynthesis, right? The fructans, that something you've mentioned before is one that, that we are kind of concerned with. So as the plant grows, it, how is it using these sugars, I guess? Yeah, we actually did a whole podcast talking about the sugars and forages. So that'd be a good one to go back to. And we talk about some really cool different research studies if you want to dig into that part. But what happens during any plant growth. So during the day, provided it's a sunny day and the plant has the adequate nutrients from the soil as well as water, it's going to accumulate sugars through the day. And then if it has those adequate nutrients, it's going to use those sugars overnight to grow. So the sugars and fructans are one of the sugars. There's multiple simple sugars in those grasses. And actually, there's been a lot of changing understanding of whether it's the other simple sugars versus the fructans that cause issues with spring pasture. But what happens is in the morning, your sugar is the very lowest because it's grown all night, provided the conditions are such that it can do so. And then they accumulate through the day. So you go from low sugar to high sugar during a sunny day. And then overnight, that sugar is used for plant growth. And there's a lot of growth that happens in the spring. Your growth actually on your cool season grasses is going to decrease during the hot summer months because the temperature is actually too high for those grasses. So you don't have as much growth during the summer months. They'll pick back up a bit in the fall when the temperatures decrease. But then when they go too low, you don't have growth. Right. So when we do have a frost or like overnight, it gets really chilly what is going on with the plant? Great question. And actually, there's someone asked me this question on the phone the other day, kind of wrapped up in a common misperception, which was that, okay, so it was cold overnight, my grass was frosted in the morning. If I just wait a couple hours for that frost to go away, is it safe to graze? And unfortunately, the answer is no. So anytime the temperature is low enough that the cool season grass isn't growing, and that's going to be roughly 45 degrees as your safe point, It's not going to grow overnight, which means all those sugars just stayed in the plant. So even though that frost is going to melt off during the day, all those sugars are still there until there's a night that it is warm enough that you have that actual plant growth occurring. So oftentimes we see these sugar-related laminitic events on spring pasture after those cold nights, because there's just so much more sugar, which leads to that rise in insulin, which triggers that laminitic episode. Now, the other possible type of laminitis that can occur on pasture is the fructan-related laminitis. That's more related to like a giant slug of fructans hitting the hindgut and causing a massive disruption in the microbial population that lives there which then releases some endotoxins, which get into the system and cause laminitis. So the same endpoint, but two different mechanisms. That's what tends to happen more if we have a horse who's completely unadapted to grass. So even if they don't have a metabolic condition, if you went from 
regular hay and then chucked them out on like super rich, lush pasture all day, you could have a colic or a laminitic event, even in a horse who doesn't have an underlying metabolic condition because of the sugars. And then the fructans in the hindgut actually modify and make that response even worse. That's a great transition to the next question. Why should owners, I guess, exercise caution? Because, you know, looking at their diets in the winter, now all of a sudden you have this young, emerging, lush grass. So what are some of the things that you tell owners to be wary of? So what we want to do is gradually change their diet. So just like if you were buying a different type of grain, so you're going from grain A to grain B, you would gradually move them over, usually over a week or two, onto the new one. Well, we need to think about that same adaptation period when we're going from hay to grass. Particularly, think about this, grain's usually a relatively small part of the diet, their forage is the majority of their diet. So if you make a big shift in that really abruptly, there is a big possibility that you'll really throw off their system, which can have those negative impacts like colic or laminitis. In less severe cases, maybe they'll get a little bit loose and have diarrhea, have a gas colic and be a bit uncomfortable. There's a lot of different things that can kind of go wrong anytime you throw a sudden change at the horse's digestive system. Now, there's multiple ways you can adapt a horse into going out on pasture. Because think about it, in the wild, it's not like, okay, guys, we're only going to eat the fresh grass for 15 minutes. Um, They're out there all the time as the grass is emerging. So in those cases, if you have large enough acreage and your horse is out all winter, spring, summer, they're naturally going to adapt as it comes up. For a lot of us, that isn't an option, simply because we don't have the acreage to support full-time grazing like that. If I let my horses out over the winter, no grass would grow by the spring because I just simply don't produce enough grass to support that level of grazing. So in my case, and what happens with a lot of other horse owners is we don't turn them out on our fields during the winter. So then in order to preserve what grass we have, we're going to slowly adapt them once the grass has actually established to a point that it's going to be able to support grazing. So if you turn them out when it starts to get a little bit green, you're probably going to overgraze and actually negatively impact your pasture quality, which I think we're going to talk about in more depth next week. But once the pasture is established, we're going to slowly transition them so we can kind of simulate what their body would experience in nature, which is a slow change from a dry forage to that lush spring grass. Great explanation, Nicole. I I just think I, I would really want to highlight a little bit more on some of the dangers. I, I know you did cover some of it, but you know, when horses, because I've seen it, I've seen a horse drop dead, you know, because of bloat, gas colic. And ever since then, in my early young career, it it has scared me on spring pastures, like just made me nervous with my horses. So as we slowly transition to them, what happens if we don't? Like, what are some of the dangers? If you can just highlight those again, you know, what's going on in the digestive system when you get this young, lush forage overwhelming it? So that young lush forage, not only is it a lot of times 
potentially high in sugar, much higher than their hay would have been, but it's also really palatable. And you'll notice horses will consume a lot more of it than they would hay just because they're like, ooh, this is delicious. Uh, They really go to town on it. So what ends up happening is you have these sugars that are in the forage naturally. If they're not all absorbed in the small intestine, which is where sugar is meant to be absorbed, they get to the hindgut of the horse. And there's this really diverse population of microbes that live in the hindgut. Unfortunately, they're also pretty sensitive. So they need to be adapted over slowly onto this new substrate in order to give them time for those populations to shift and be able to handle it. So if you have a giant slug of sugar and then fructans in addition to your simple sugars hitting the hindgut of the horse at any given time, what ends up happening is they're fermented really quickly into lactic acid, and that's going to drive the pH in the hindgut down. And those microbes that live there, they thrive in a really specific pH range, which is pretty high. So if you drop the pH, all of a sudden you're going to kill off those microbes that are just their general healthy, normal population. That whole process results in the production of endotoxins. And not only do those endotoxins negatively impact the microbes that live there, they actually make the lining of the hindgut more permeable. So they escape the hindgut, they move through the body, they can go to the feet where they cause laminitis. Um, You could even just that disruption itself, if it doesn't get to the point where it causes a laminitic event, you can have that gas type colic like you talked about, which... I know a lot of times we think, oh, gas colics are a little bit uncomfortable, but if they have a large colon displacement, that can be a life-threatening surgical event if it's not corrected. So you have anything from mild discomfort to something like a severe gas colic to a laminitic event. Uh, You can even have chronic diarrhea type issues, which can result in dehydration. So I would say for most horses adapting to spring pasture, if you do it too quickly, If they're not a metabolic horse, they'll probably experience some mild level level of gastric distress. We all know lots of people who just toss their horses out and they're fine. Unfortunately, there is still the very real risk that some proportion of them will experience a more extreme negative response to all of that fresh grass, whether it's a colic, a laminitic event. And none of us want to be the person, like, even if it's only 5% of horses that experience this, you don't want it to be your horse. Like the percentages don't matter when it's your horse. And it's something that's pretty easy to avoid by just slowly adapting them onto the pasture. So I think a lot of times these things don't become real until like you experienced it personally, because we all know the people who, well, I've done it this way for 30 years and I've never had a problem. Always. But you're rolling the dice every time. And then once it happens, it becomes more real. So that's a risk that we run every time we make a dramatic adaptation to a horse's diet. And this is the biggest change you can make going from hay to a lush spring pasture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a good, good explanation. And and yeah, it was traumatic. It was just like, you know, beautiful mare. And you're just like, oh, it's just in hindsight, you just kick yourself. So that's why, you know, education is important. Sharing this knowledge is important. Uh, one thing that you mentioned earlier, too, was the moisture content. So when you say chronic diarrhea, I mean, we should expect loose feces this time of year, right? 
You know, if you're adapting them pretty slow, I would say the majority of horses probably won't have a significant change in their manure appearance. Um, I would still expect some of them too, and there to be relatively mild changes. But yeah, because they're consuming that much more moisture, we would expect them to get at least a little bit loose. Obviously, if you see a lot of horses getting really loose, that's probably a good indicator that you're moving on to pasture too quickly. And maybe you back off for a couple of days and then take the next step. So part of it's also going to depend on the composition of your pasture. So maybe last year you bought a couple extra horses, overgrazed the pasture more than you should. Well, oftentimes you'll find that after you've overgrazed your pasture, a lot more clover will come in. It's opportunistic that way. It has a ton of fermentation potential in the hindgut of the horse. So you might even see that as you're adapting horses onto different pastures, if you have one that's really heavy clover, you might see more issue than a straight grass pasture. So there's a lot of variables that come into that. But if you see a lot of horses that are really loose, I think that's a great indicator that, hey, we're making this change too quickly. Let's back off for a little bit and then step them on to the next level in that transition period. Generally, you know, a rough template that you would follow is you'd start with 15 minutes of access to pasture for the first couple of days. And then after that, add 15 minutes a day until you get to four or five hours. You can either at that point give them full access. If you want to be a little bit more careful, spend a week or two at that four or five hours of turnout to know that their hindgut is really well adapted to that forage. But it is a slow process when you're taking horses off complete hay diets, transitioning them onto pasture. If we do that slowly, particularly in the spring, you can avoid a lot of issues. Great, great. And and I think my next train of thought you're going out lush pasture. I tend to think, oh, this is like so much more energy or so many more nutrients. So as an owner, does that make me, that makes me think, oh, maybe I should change my concentrate, you know, from what I was feeding in the winter. Is that true? Is that train of thought true or? Sometimes. So I can see this actually going two different directions. Uh, At my last property, I had enough pasture that I would just leave the horses out all year round. And they'd slowly graze on that grass as it came in. Even though I had hay out, that same gelding who goes <laughs> checks the gates every day is like, oh, no, no, I want those tiny sprigs of, you know, barely their green grass over the very nice hay that he had. So some horses will actually lose weight during that transition period. Many horses, as they transition onto spring and then summer pasture, it tends to be more calorie dense, not always. And they tend to eat more of it just voluntarily. It's more palatable. They're going to consume more. So they can gain weight moving from a hay diet onto pasture. So my recommendation wouldn't be to automatically change what concentrate you're feeding just because you're changing the hay. Rather, I would focus on maintaining the correct body condition for your horse and making adjustments as you see changes. So some horses might need a full concentrate in the winter, something like Calm and Easy or Senior Sport. And then once they're out on grass, if you find you've decreased the amount of concentrate they're getting below the minimum recommended rate, you're going to have to transition onto a ration balancer like Essential K or the Wholesome Blends Balancer to provide those nutrients that the forage doesn't supply. Because even though there are a lot of nutrients, particularly calories in your spring grass, it still doesn't fill in all the nutritional gaps. So there's certain amino acids, trace minerals, and vitamins that even amazing pasture 
just doesn't supply in great enough quantity. So my recommendation is this is a good time of year to be very observant of your horse's body condition and then make adjustments relative to that. If you find that you're going to go below the minimum recommended feeding rate, which you can find on the bag or on our website, then it's time to think about a different product that may be going to something less calorie dense. So if you were on Calm Ultra, super high calorie, maybe we go to Calm and Easy. If you're on Calm and Easy, then we probably go on to a ration balancer. But this is something we're happy to help you with. We have tons of products. So if you want to reach out, one of our equine specialists, either through email, phone, Facebook, we're always happy to give those product recommendations. When, you know, the rest of the diet is changing for the horse, we expect to have to tweak things. Yeah, and that's a great point. Uh, in our show notes, we always put a link to our website so you can go there and, and contact the team. But yeah, one thing that I know we mentioned it before in a previous podcast is take pictures with your cell phones. We, we take millions of pictures. Most people do every day, you know, using cell phones on anything. So take a picture of your horse, you know, front and back and and over time, see if you can look at that way because it's kind of hard to remember what they look like two weeks ago when you're around them every single day and they put condition on so slowly. So yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll leave it there, Nicole. Great talk, great uh, information. You know, thank you for listening. If again, we always ask if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it. Get your other equine enthusiast friends interested in learning. You know, this diet is so important. Nutrition is so important to our equine companions. But thank you so much for listening and, and stay tuned for a new topic next week. All right. Thanks, Chris.